0: now almost two years, um, we have been wandering through something called the whole story, which is one sermon from every book of the Bible. I know that Pastor Mike and I have enjoyed that journey uh, of going through every book and uh, helping you see Christ in each of those books, helping you see uh, how a relationship with Christ changes us. And we're finally coming to the the uh, homeward stretch, we're, we're, we're tearing down the back stretch, we're finishing this up, and uh, this morning I am in third John, and we're going to be, really, of the Johns, this is the shortest little book, uh, this one little chapter, this one little letter from John uh, to a friend of his, Gaius, and he writes this friend, and, and he has some things to say to his friend, and the key word, if you read through this, you'll find this key word in, in this book And it's a key word, testify. And it's an interesting little word, and it's found four or five times in this this short little one chapter. And the word is not just someone who knows truth who's going to speak truth. Like uh, a couple weeks ago, a friend of of mine, one of our elders actually, uh, decided to go skydiving. Uh, Robert Wessels went skydiving about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And he sent me a video of him skydiving. And I can tell you by looking at the video that it looked like it was a lot of fun. And I can tell you that the view from the video is pretty amazing. And uh, he told me that they, they jumped out at 10,000 feet. And, uh, you know, you think of the fall col- colors at 10,000 feet. And he was able to city, see the city line of Boston and the White Mountains and, and the ocean all at the same time. And, uh, and and it's, it's just a pretty amazing thing. And I can tell you that, but you want to know, if you really want to know about the experience of it, go talk to Robert. Because not only did it, did he see the video afterward, but he experienced the event. It was part of his life. It was part of who he was. And so testify the word here as john uses this word it's it's not just me describing an experience that somebody else had or a truth that i read about it's me describing something that actually happened to me and and it's this way for me it it would be this i have a relationship with jesus christ And my relationship with Jesus Christ is not just about the truth of who Jesus Christ is, although it's built on that. I know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, I know that he came to this earth as a little baby. He lived a physical life on this earth. He walked this earth. Scripture tells me that he experienced every difficulty that I will ever experience, that you will ever experience, and yet he lived without sin. He lived and did ministry on this earth. He went to a cross. He died on that cross. He's the only one who ever not only died on a cross, but, but again came back to life. He defeated death and the grave. He's the only one who ever did that. I know that when he left, his promise to all believers was that he would send his Holy Spirit, the paraclete, if you look at it in Greek, and what he said is this, another just like me will come, and if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit will indwell and live within you, and he will grant you the power and the ability... To live out life in a way that honors God and lives for God. I can tell you all those truths, but I can also tell you this it's true because He lives in me, and I've experienced every bit of that. I have been redeemed, I have been made new, I have experienced forgiveness. I have the opportunity right now in my life to live a guilt-free life because someone, not because I'm perfect, not because I've never sinned, I've done all of those things, and I still struggle with sin in my life, but I know the one who has washed my sin clean. And he tells me every day, you are new in Christ. And I know that I get to stand before the Father. I get to come before the Father anytime I want because Jesus Christ stands before the Father on my behalf and presents me, Tim Knowles, before God the Father and says, he's one of yours. I paid the price. I have experienced that. I know that. I can testify to the difference that a relationship with Jesus Christ makes and what it means because I experience it every day of my life. That's what the word testify means. It means someone who not only knows the truth, but is experiencing the life truth. And John, in writing this little letter, gets very excited about the word testify because of what it does, because of what it does. And so this morning, as we wander through this, we're going to see this little word pop up, and we're going to see how it expands the king testifying, living out what you've experienced, not just knowing the truth, people. Living out what you've experienced makes a huge difference for the kingdom of God. And if you're sitting here as a Christ follower this morning, and you look at your life and you wonder why there's no excitement in your life, and you wonder why sharing your faith is not something that you really spend much time thinking about or or spend much time doing, let me ask you to do this. Go back into your heart and take a look at what's really going on in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if you've really run smack dab into Jesus Christ and you've really experienced the change that Christ can make, you can't help but let people know why you're different. You can't help but let people why let them know why there's something going on inside you that is way beyond you. The person I am today is completely because of Christ. Not because of me. and that's what testifying's about, and that's what John's going to talk about. If you have your Bible and you want to follow along in your Bible, the verses will be with us up on the screen. but but here, here we're going to jump right in. I'm going to be like Mike last week Mike he he, he got a little boastful because he said, I, I watched, I wasn't here, but I watched." And he, and he said, you know, Tim's been complaining because he can't go through all the way through the book. There's too much to cover. And so he said last week, he's like, so I'm going to walk all the way through Second John. Well, guess what? I'm pulling a mic. I'm going to go all the way through Third John because Third John is actually shorter than Second John. Okay, so here we go. If you have your Bible, Third John, uh, starting at, at verse one the elder, this is John, to my friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you are in good health, just as your whole life is doing good. As you get older, folks, as you get on in your life, and John probably is in his late 80s, 90 years old when he's writing this, your perspective on life changes and how you view people changes And you stop thinking so much about yourself and you stop thinking so much about your desires and the outcomes of your life and you start thinking about the the younger people around you and what's going on in their life and what you hope for them. And I find this in my spiritual life, by the way, that my life changes as I've gotten older and as I've walked with God longer and I've done ministry longer. I don't care so much about what I'm doing in ministry Right now, I'm mentoring five different guys. I get to mentor a guy right now in Spain. He's a missionary in Spain. And you know what joy that brings to my life? To be able to help a young guy who's serving God. He's planting churches in a group of the Basque people in Spain who there's no churches. And he's taking his young family and they're over there and they're working really hard at planting churches among a people who don't have any relationship with Jesus Christ, don't know who Jesus Christ is at all. And in my heart and my life, that brings great meaning to my life. To be able to pour myself, it's not about what I'm doing. It's about what God is using that young guy, that young family to do for the kingdom of God. And that's John. John's sitting here and he's going, look, I'm 80. I'm the, coming toward the end of my life. I know that, that what my, my abilities are coming to an end. But I have this young guy, Gaius, who's, who's come to faith and oh, I hope he's healthy, oh, I hope he's well. He writes this, he sits down with his pen, and he's like, oh man, I hope he's prospering, but, but I hope he's prospering in the truth. And that's what happens to us, right, as we get older. You start looking at young people, and I hope this is happening in your life. Some of you you folks here that have a little more gray hair on your head, I hope that you're looking at some of, of the younger folks around who are following Jesus Christ, and your prayer is, oh God, would you take those young people would you make them something that I can't be right now? They have energy that I don't have. God, would you place the truth deep down in their heart? Would you cause them to live out their life? Would you cause their young families to change the community that they're in for Jesus Christ? That's what John is doing. That's what, if, if you're here this morning and you've been walking with God for a long time and, and you sit in your chair sometimes, you're like, wow, I'm just tired. It's okay. That's all right. You can be tired. But turn to prayer. Get some of those faces of those young people in your your head and say, God, oh God, use me to encourage those people in their faith. That's John. John's like, I love this young guy. And oh, I hope he's doing well. There's a heart passion here, a love for this guy, for for the best of him. He goes on, he says this, For I was very glad when fellow believers came, and here's our word, testified to your fidelity or your faithfulness to the truth. How you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are walking in, in truth and this is an awesome little verse because it's it's not just Gaius it wasn't Gaius who who wrote Paul, I mean John a letter and said hey John I'm doing great I came I, I have faith in Jesus Christ I, I I I know what God has done in my heart I know that the spirit of God is working that's not what happened there were some people who came to John who were in the church with Gaius and they came to John and they said hey John you know that young character You know the guy who just came to faith not too long ago? Well, I was with him last week. And when I was with him, the truth of Jesus Christ is so evident in his life. When we were with him and we were worshiping together, he loves God with every part of his being. That's what happened. That's what John's writing about. John said, there were some people who know you. There's some people who you live life with. There's some people you go to church with. And you know what they said? They said, you love God. (laughs) They said, you love the truth. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that ought to bring deep excitement when someone testifies to your faith. When someone says, look, I know that the truth of Jesus Christ lives in their heart because I see it. I see it when they go to work. I see it with how they treat their kids. I see it with how they love their spouse. I see it how they interact in relationships. They just love God. And it's evident to everyone around him. These people didn't come to John and say, hey, he's doing great. They said, No. The truth has taken root in this young man's heart, and it's changed him into an example of Jesus Christ. And they testified by their experience to the change that had happened in Gaius's life. Incredible. Let's keep going. Dear friends, you are acting faithfully in whatever you do for the fellow believers and sisters, especially when they are strangers. They have testified, here's our word again, to your love before the church. Now, stop here for a minute. I know we didn't get very far, but you've got to understand what happened. See, Gaius just wasn't walking around saying, Hey, I've been reading the Bible every day, and I can quote the truth. That's not what was going on. Gaius had taken the truth that he had learned of the word of God. He had placed it deep down in his heart. He was allowing the spirit of God to direct his life. And what John says at the beginning of this next little phrase here in this verse is this, that you were acting faithfully in whatever you were doing for the brothers and sister, especially those who were strangers. There were teachers who were coming and teaching in the churches. And Gaius was one of the young guys who came beside them and said, what do you need when you come? Because I'll provide it for you. I'll make sure that you have housing. I'll make sure that you have the food that you need. Do you need a little money to keep going on your travels? See, it wasn't just in word. He wasn't saying, hey, I know the truth in word. Hey, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The word of truth had grabbed his heart and he was walking it out his feet. We don't know Gaius' gift. We don't know what he was gifted to do. We don't know the part that he played in the church. But we know this, that whoever saw him in the church said he's faithful. He's using his gift. It's an incredible little thing here. Because John is super excited by the fact that the truth passed through this young guy's life and he was living it out everywhere he went. Let me ask you a question. Believer, if you're not a believer here this morning, you're off the hook. Believer, this past week, the people that you spent your time with If they were to testify about you before us right now, what would they say? You don't have to say anything out loud because everybody's being really quiet right now. And over there, they're silent, like in those two places. You can't hear a thing. What would they say about you? Would they stand up here this morning and say... The truth of Jesus Christ was so evident in their lives this week, and here's how I saw it. Or maybe they wouldn't say anything. There's nothing different about them at all. I don't know. I don't even know if they know Jesus. Or maybe they would say something totally different. See, every one of us as Christians, like Gaius, we are testifying to something every day of our life. Did you realize that? Every day you get up out of bed, every day that you live your life, you are testifying to something. You are either testifying to the greatness of God in your life and the change that Jesus Christ has made and the the fact that the Holy Spirit has complete complete control of your life and the fruit of the Spirit is being lived out in your life, you're testifying to the greatness of God or you're testifying to your own self-centeredness. But every one of us as believers are testifying to something every day. Believer, last week. What would the folks who know you really well and know that you're in Christ say? How would they testify about your life? They have testified to your love before the church. This is verses 5 through 8. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, since they set out for the, for the sake of his name, accepting nothing from pagans. Therefore, we ought to support such people so that they can be co-workers in the truth. If we look at Gaius' life from John's perspective, we find in this little passage, these three verses, we've found four motivations for doing ministry. Let me give them to you really quick. We don't have a lot of time, but let me give you four motivations for doing ministry that we see in Gaius's life. Motivation number one, it's found in verses 5 to 8. If you have a pen, you can circle this for yourself, but it's in there. Motivation number one, to glorify God. The first reason for doing ministry, Gaius wasn't doing this for his own good. He never asked anybody to testify on his behalf. He did it all, why? It says in that passage, it says, in a manner worthy to God. He did it for the glory of God. His motivation, just just so God would be praised. Hey, why do you do what you do? Is it so people see you, or is it So God would just be praised. Motivation number two, also found in there, as a witness to the lost, the phrase is this, they set out for your sake, for your name's sake. Gaius was ministering to these people. Why? So it would be a witness to those who didn't know Jesus Christ. So that they would see that there was something different about him, that a change had happened in his life. So that they would understand that there's one who wants to redeem them. And he comes alongside these teachers and he helps them out. Why? So that the name of Christ could be lifted up. To bring glory to God and so that people would see Jesus Christ. Motivation number two, so as a witness to the lost. Motivation number three, in obedience. You'll notice this phrase that's in there. He says, we ought to support such people. People who want to serve God, hey believers, we should come alongside them. It's why we have our sister in Holly who we come alongside. She's serving God. She's introducing people to Christ. And we come alongside her and we help her out in her ministry. Why? Because she's serving God. She's putting God first. She's glorifying God. It's why we help our our brothers and sisters in Brazil. It's why we, through the FEC, the ministry that we're part of, it's why we plant churches. Why? Because we come alongside and we support those who are willing to, to give their life and their time and their effort to serve God. His motivation His motivation was obedience. Sometimes we just need to do things because it's the right thing to do. It's being obedient. Fourth reason that we do, or fourth motivation that Gaius had, you'll see it in this little phrase. It's so we can be co-workers with the truth. It's so we can be part of the team so that we can work together. Hey, folks, here at Mossbrook, let me tell you something about this. I love being part of the team of Mossbrook. Do you want to know something? About Mossbrook. If you want to know how Mossbrook runs, I'm not the person to ask. Did you know that I'm one of the pastors? But did you know that? If you want to know who, if you want to know how certain ministries, I'm not the guy to ask. You want to know why? Because there are gifted people within Mossbrook who run all the different ministries that go on in Mossbrook, and it's not me. No, it's not. I don't know much. I'm serious. I know the people who know stuff. And that's how God planned it. Did you know that? Let me read something to you from Romans. We're we're running out of time, but we're getting there. Romans, chapter 12. Let me read this. Just listen to these verses. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you are a teacher, then teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. If it isn't giving, then be generous. If God has given you leadership ability, then take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. That's the picture that John's talking about with Gaius. He came, he saw his gift, he took his gift and he said, you know what? I can't do all of those other things, but I can do this really well. I can come along these teachers, side these teachers, these strangers, and I can feed them and I can help them and I can be an encouragement. I can't do all the other stuff, but I can do this. And that's Moss Brook. There's so much I can't do. There's so much. If you knew, Pastor Mike and I are so limited, we really are. Ask our wives. It's true. But when the body takes the gifts that God has given the body as a whole like we just read in Romans, and everybody really doesn't care what the other person is doing. They just say, look, this is what I'm gifted at. This is what God allowed me to do. And you know what? To the best of my ability, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And the motivation is God gets the glory. The motivation is the lost get found motivation is? The team grows because there's a bunch of obedient people who are saying yes to the Spirit of God. That's what John's writing about. That's what he's writing about. He's saying, this young guy is living the truth so incredibly, and I get to see it. I get to see it. I get to see it. Well, there's a warning that happens in this passage too. And we can't end without talking about the warning. So here we go. Here it is. I wrote something to the church. This is verses 9 and 10. But Diotrephes, who loves to have first place among them, does not receive our authority. And this is why if I come, I will remind him of the works he is doing, slandering us with malicious words. And he is not satisfied with that. He is he, he not only refuses to welcome fellow believers, but he even stops those who want to do so, and he expels them from the church. So here's a problem. Here's trouble, okay? Here's what happens in a group of people. Here's what happens in every church. Once in a while, there's someone who thinks a lot about themselves. And Diotrephes here, he was a self-centered dude, and he ended up in leadership. So dangerous and he wanted to control the church. And he came along, and he started stopping people from using their gift. He started saying, no, you can't minister that way because I want to control what you do. And he started stopping the letters from John coming to the church to be read because he didn't want them listening to John. He didn't want John to encourage them. He wanted to have control. And folks, let me tell you this about a church. The moment that we come to a place where we're doing well and we 're serving God and we 're using our gift, Satan loves to sneak in, and he loves our selfish pride to be touched and a little bit of arrogance to sleep in to to slip in and all of a sudden we start saying, "Look what i'm doing for the church. Look at the ministry that I do for the if people did what I did for the church- well this place would be pretty amazing. if people were like me, this would be You'd be in a lot of trouble if people were like me. We'd be in a lot of trouble if people were like you. Because God created us all with a very specific gift to do a very specific job, and it's not about us, it's about Him. It's about Him. And so John writes this little warning on purpose because he's so excited about what Gaius is doing and things are going so well. But folks, know this, that in the middle of you living out your faith the way God wants, there will be someone, someone who's even a believer because this guy, this guy knew the truth. Someone who has good intention who comes alongside and says, I wouldn't do it like that. Or you can't do that. You have to ask me first. And we get in a lot of trouble when when that happens in the church. And so John, in the middle of his excitement for Gaius, he's heartbroken. Because that's what this does, folks. When we become about us and we become selfish and we become arrogant and we become self-centered, the church suffers. God's work suffers. The lost don't get to hear The body is not built up. People stop being obedient. And so the warning is, folks, look, in the middle of the church, know that this is going to happen. It's going to happen in Mossbrook. There's going to be somebody. It happens. Have your hearts in line with Jesus Christ so you know. It could happen to us. It could happen to me. But we need to be hearing the Spirit of God directing us and leading us and keeping us on track. John, he's heartbroken because this guy, he's doing damage to the body. And But he doesn't end there. He doesn't end in a discouraged moment. Let's wrap this up with these last few verses because he ends with a wonderful conclusion. Here it is. Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Don't look at what Diotrephes is doing. Look at what Gaius is doing. And then he, he, he mentions Demetrius here in a minute, who also is doing well. He says this. The one who does good is of God, and the one who does evil is not seen God. Everyone speaks well of Demetrius as well. Even the truth itself speaks well of him, and we must also speak well of him. And and you know that our testimony is true. Look, there are people who are not doing things right, but look, don't look at them. Don't get wrapped up in what they're doing. Do what is good. You stay true to the right. You stay true. Don't worry about what everybody... Here's what happens to us all the time, folks. We see someone who's not doing something correct. We get wrapped up in what they're doing and we spend all of our time and our energy focused on what they're doing. And guess what? We've taken our eyes off of what God asked of us. What God asked of us. There's a little story that I heard a long time ago. It was about three fishermen who went on a fishing trip. And the first day... They got to go fishing, and that night they were in the camper, and and it started to rain, and it rained really hard. And the next morning they got up, and they had a great breakfast, but it was pouring rain, and they couldn't fish. So they played cards, and they told jokes, and they hung out, but it rained all day. Came to the end of the day, and one of the guys, he was a pretty good cook, so he cooked supper, and everybody's like, man, this is really good. Breakfast was good. had a good time together. Got up the next morning, and it poured all day long, and they couldn't fish. It was a little longer day in the camper. You know, guys were a little smelly food got a little bit burnt. Guys cheating, you know, playing cards. Got up the next morning. It was pouring rain. They just packed up and left. You want to know why? Because when fishermen can't fish, those three guys who are great friends and they hung out together and they love life together, when they start looking at each other really closely, they're not really all that great. But when they can fish and they can keep focused on what they're supposed to be doing, they're great friends, and they all have a great, they have a, a great point of view, and they have, they're all headed in the same direction. They're all doing the same thing, and they're excited to be together because they're doing what they're supposed to do, right? And that's what happens to us in the church is the same thing. God called us to be fishers of men. And when we in the church sit down and start playing cards together and start eating together, and our focus goes off fishing for men, and we spend all our time around the table enjoying one another, guess what happens? We start to look at each other and go, wow, they're not as funny as I thought they were. They don't cook quite as well as I thought. Their jokes aren't quite as funny. I've heard that story 27 times already. (laughs) Right? Why? Why? Because the focus went from where it was supposed to be. That's what John's saying. John's saying, do what is good, do what is right. Don't get your focus on the stuff that you shouldn't have it on. Stay focused on testifying to the greatness of God. Everyone who speaks of Demetrius, even the truth itself, we also speak well of him. And you know what our testimony is true, right? Testify, our testify. I have many things to write to you, but I don't want to write the rest with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon and we will talk face to face. Peace be with you. The friends send you greetings. Greeting the friends by name or greet the friends by name. Folks, let me leave you with this. John's encouragement to us in this little book is this. Spend your time Spend your energy, spend your life testifying, speaking the truth, living out the truth, showing everyone around you, this is who God is in me, this is what he's asked me to do, and that's all I'm doing. Focused on what God has asked of you. And guess what the report will be? Like Gaius, someone somewhere will look and say, have you seen so-and-so? This is how they're living their life for God. It's incredible. That's what they need to say about you and me. Father, grant us the strength to say yes to your Holy Spirit. Grant us the courage to live in the truth. Help us not... To get sucked into our own desires and our own arrogant spirits, to do our things our ways. Help us to work together as a body for the glory of God, to be obedient to what you've called us to, so that the lost may see you, so that we as co workers can bring honor to you. In your precious name we pray.